Welcome to episode 12 of the Church Tech and Leadership Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us today. Uh, Our goal is to help you create quality experiences that help people engage with Jesus. Um, If this helps you out, uh, if if you find it good and useful, um, if you'd share it or leave us a rating and review, that'd be great. I'm your host, Chris Esslinger, again, joined by my friends Ian Springer and Will Scott. How's it going, guys? Fantastic. Terrific. Uh, today we are talking about system maintenance. Favorite topic of everyone, right? Yay. We get to be janitors. Yay. <laughs> no, it, it's important though. Um, we want to make sure that we, we keep our systems running, uh, smoothly and, and with as few glitches as possible. Cause in my experience, you know, things break when you're using them, which usually means they break mid event. Um, yeah. or right or before on a it. Sunday morning. Yeah. On Sunday morning. Um, the other, you know, benefit is it, it, it can help to extend the life of your gear. If you do good maintenance on it and whatnot, um, either means, you know, when a break is coming, um, or you can prolong the life of it by replacing parts that are going faulty. Um, yeah. So, um, exciting stuff. Yeah. Let's kind of dig into it. Uh, on the audio side, um, you know, what, what do you guys see as needing regular attention on the audio side? Quick, quick, easy one, especially during a pandemic is, uh, wipe your capsules down. I mean, get some Clorox wipes and clean off your capsules and tell your vocalist that, Hey, I clean the capsules every single week because they'll appreciate you for it, which is, I mean, you want to have a good relationship with your vocalists anyways. So it's, it's a super easy, simple thing to do that you can just you know, just wipe them down at the end of the weekend and you, you're, you're good. Don't have to worry about it. Nobody likes a stanky mic. No, especially, you know, sometimes people, you know, they'll come in after eating like a chili cheese dog sandwich oh, and it's, God. that's, that's just not pretty. Nobody wants to experience that. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh. We, don't, we don't, we don't, we don't want that here. That's but, so, so yeah, nasty. <clears throat> take, take care of your vocalists, take care of your equipment, wipe down your capsules. Um, and everybody's happy. Oh, but there's, I mean, there's, there's lots of other things like, uh, so most of us, I think, well, depending on your, you know, what your organization's doing right now, most of us are hosting live events again and, uh, making sure your PA is up to snuff. And there's a lot of pieces that go into that because, uh, it's like your, your PA is like a set of tires. You have to, you have to kind of do maintenance on them. So make sure that, Especially if you have an older PA, I know like right now we have an older PA and we have to do it for a bit of maintenance every now and then a box will go down. Uh, and so we have to send it away and get it worked on, uh, or, or try and, you know, well, make sure, make sure this, the manufacturer still supports the, uh, the products that you have. That's a whole nother topic, but, um, make sure your driver's good too, you know, especially Sometimes if you've got a poorly specced PA um, and you've got like a special event or a guest engineer and you don't have limiters set, you know, you might have some blown drivers that you didn't realize until you go to do maintenance checks or something. I mean, usually you'll hear it, but, um, but also those drivers get old and tired. So it might be worth, uh, especially, well, if you have a smaller PA system and you can't quite afford uh, to do a full refit, then, you know, it might be worth spending a couple thousand dollars to do new drivers, especially those high frequency drivers. They get tired. 
Yeah, and, they go. Uh, they, they go. They just go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's. I, I'm currently working on a very old PA, and I, I can't get replacement parts for it. So. Ooh. Uh, and we've got a couple tweeters that are shot. Luckily, new ones coming in just a couple weeks. So I'm excited. Yay! That's going to make a, a world of difference. Yeah. It is. And sometimes, like even uh, you know the whole cost benefit analysis with your leadership team. They need to experience the difference, and you know, because they'll walk in the room, and their your our our ears are really really smart. They'll adjust to what they hear, and they'll say, "Hey, I can hear everything. It sounds fine." But the I mean, the reality is that's because your brains are really smart. Um, the best way to really kind of show people that hey, the PA isn't working; it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, is um, if you have uh, an if you if you can a b the system if you have another if you can you know talk to a vendor or something to bring in um, a spec that might replace your current pa system so that you can compare them then it's going to be pretty obvious that your pa system is uh, it's in need of service at the very least it might be in, in need of replacement depending on how old it is so it's those are all things that you have to do to um, have the conversation you know, if it's really bad too, what you could do is um, maybe get out a set, a set of headphones and just play some music, and have them put on the headphones, and then swap it out and immediately jump to the PA and have them walk the room, and they will they will quickly hear any deficiencies. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think that's a big piece of it too is making sure that you've got an even sound across your room. Um, and that one's really easy to tell if they if you just kind of draw attention to it and and have them walk it they'll hear it you oh, know yeah. if it's anything significant they'll hear it yeah and that and actually the the headphones idea is a great like that that's how i started realizing hey rpa like this doesn't sound right you know because I, I pop my headphones on to solo something and then and then you know pop them off and be like that's not the same thing that's not even close um and that's like hey it's time to it's time to look at the PA and see what it's doing. And something else you can do, especially if you've got um, a nicer or a higher end PA as the drivers are starting to go, because they will, doesn't matter who the manufacturer is, everything wears out, nothing lasts forever. Um, you, you know, retune your PA, um, what, especially once you get, you start getting into an older PA, we get ours tuned at least once a year. And, uh, and that's mostly because we have a relationship with a professional who's uh, who we trust, who does a good job with it. But we we I mean at the same time I'm also familiar with RPA system, and if I make you know I can make tweaks during the year if I'm hearing deficiencies or if something is standing out. So that's 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 part of the whole learning thing and making yourself familiar with the equipment that you're using. But that being said, if you've never tuned a PA before definitely bring somebody in ask them questions see what they're doing but it's not something to just dive into if you've not spent any time doing it yep it's definitely it takes some time to learn make friends make yes. lots of friends there's people out there who do it and uh or guys you can call especially if you have a relationship with vendors and things like that um i was just telling the guys in the pre-show i had lunch with um a guy who's a you know he's 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 a vendor for a fairly well-known PA and you know we were talking about talking about things that oh you know and I learned something that uh, I didn't know before so spend time with those folks because that's their world that's that's what they're doing week in week out um, 
but let's let's jump over to some other topics before because you know all the video and lighting guys are like they're they're probably sawing logs by now so we'll we'll jump back into audio for some of the other stuff but ian do you want to dig into video yeah sure so you know you've got on the video side um cameras need to be set up uh, periodically with white balance black balance color balance it's it's nice because you know 20 years ago uh, a lot all the gear was old analog stuff and you used to really need to set it up like every single day every single time you powered it up to use it fortunately the newer stuff it doesn't change quite as much but it it still needs to be checked periodically Um, you don't want if you're cutting from one camera to another and your pastor's going from you know a greenish tint to a reddish tint that's distracting it's that's uh that's not what you want to have um the uh, other thing that's important, I actually just learned this uh, a couple months ago. Um, some cameras have a function that's called auto black balance. And um, depending on what kind of camera you have, uh, it either closes the iris or you need to put the uh, lens cap on it. And it actually looks at what the thermal noise is on your sensor. Um, and calibrates itself to offset that at whatever your current um, ISO or gain setting is. So it's important that you figure out how you want your ISO or your gain set, depending on what world your camera lives in. Do your auto white balance, then do your auto black balance to um, make sure that that the dark areas of your image are as noise-free as possible. Another thing that's important, a lot of times video gear, you've got um, a ProPresenter computer. You might have a computer that controls your your switcher, does some other stuff. Um, And most switchers these days are just like a computer in and of themselves. And you've got cooling fans and stuff on uh, those that have to get cleaned. I know um, at my last church, we had a... uh, we had a switcher that had a big air filter on the front of it, and it sat in a rack really close to the floor. And if you didn't go down there and clean that air filter once every couple of months, it would get clogged up. and It starts not cooling right, and that'll decrease the life of your equipment. And I would say that'd be the same for, like, projectors and some of those things. Anything that has a cooling fan and a filter, you want to you know, clean out that filter, whether it's take it out and replace it or take a shop vac to it or, you know, whatever, and get all the crap out of it so that it can get air through cleanly and actually keep the thing cool. Yeah. Projectors Mm -hmm. and, uh, lighting equipment especially is very much the same way. Um, moving lights for various reasons seem to be like dust magnets. And so you get a lot of dust that will build up on the intakes of these things. I've been up in the air in uh, venues and you go look at the sides of their moving lights and there's dust bunnies just hanging out of the air vents and uh, that's just not what what you want to have so um the uh the good news is on the lighting side especially if you're dealing with intelligent lights where you've got belts and servos and motors that are moving um light the the head of the light and all of the internal gobo and color mechanisms around those guys have a lot more moving parts than what most stuff does on the um, 
the video or uh, audio side, but a lot of the manufacturers make recommendations in their manuals that like, you know, every 500 or 1,000 hours or six months or whatever is appropriate for their fixture that you clean it. Um, and I know some people that will pay an outside contractor to come in and clean up their stuff like once a year. Um, that's probably a little bit expensive for most of us in the church world, but usually the, the maintenance procedures are uh, outlined in the documentation if they're required for a particular fixture. And sometimes it's just as easy as going up there with a can of compressed air and uh, knocking all the, the dust out. Um, yeah. And there's, uh, I think there's a lot of benefit to doing it yourself because it gives you a chance to refamiliarize yourself with the equipment. And so you see, oh, hey, this, this, you know, there's something else wrong here or there's, there's another problem going on here that yeah, and it gives you a chance to catch it before it breaks during an event or, you know, when, when you know, when it's on your teaching pastor or something like that. I would also yeah. recommend, you know, having it on a uh, a regular schedule to where you're not having to do all of your maintenance at one time every year. But, you know, okay, this time of year we do the projectors. This time of year we do the video room stuff. This time of year we do lighting, you know. Um, that way you're not, you know, stuck cleaning up everything in, in one swoop because you'll feel like you're cleaning for a couple weeks if you do it all at one time. Yeah, I, it's. I mean, it. I think a lot of it depends on what uh, how your organization is set up. I know I've been in places where sometimes it's more convenient if you can block out a, just one week and say, okay, this is our maintenance week, and you nobody can do anything during that week. But uh, one of the churches I'm involved with now, they have so much stuff going on that you wouldn't be able to do that so yeah it definitely makes sense to to spread that out the other thing to uh take a look at is um uh replacing lamps in your lighting fixtures um nobody wants this if you if you have older um halogen style uh light fixtures um the lamps in those depending on exactly what your system consists of are sometimes only rated for three or four hundred hours and so if you think about it let's say they they get use maybe six or eight hours uh, on any given weekend that translates to a little bit less than a year that the those uh, lamps are expected to be good for um and nobody wants to be having to drag the, uh, the the lift out or run up in your catwalk uh, between your your rehearsal and your service, or in between services to go swap out a lamp that uh, died in the middle of the service. So a lot of a Mainly lot of that places, light's going to be really hot. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and not only that, but it it looks bad. You know, your pastor's up there on stage talking, and then suddenly he goes into the dark. Nobody wants that, right? So it, a lot of places it makes sense to um, roughly keep track of when the last time you replaced all these lamps is and just, um, you know, just replace them 
at a yeah. scheduled, you know, if you know the lamp's going to last about 300 hours, when you get to about 280, just go ahead and swap it out. Um, yeah. A lot of the intelligent fixtures, at least the ones that use discharge lamps, the fixture will actually keep track of that for you. And so it'll tell you um, when you're getting close to, uh, to time to replace it. Same thing's true for most projectors. Um, the good news is uh, more and more uh, manufacturers are releasing stuff that's, that's, you know, LED or lasers or stuff like that, that where um, you just, you know, you're good for 50,000 hours. And so you just know, okay, you know, I'm going to be good for the next five years and you just don't have to worry about it, which is great. But right. all that's, all that's important. And, uh, if you, if you plan it out and you stay on top of it, then you're not going to get burned. Uh, or there's a lot, you're decreasing the chances of getting burned significantly, uh, from week to week. Yeah. Um, what about things like intercom, you know, are we, how often should we be changing the uh, ear pads and those kind of things? Well, that's a little bit harder to predict. Most of the intercom systems that I see, you get like about three or four years on it and you start to get the little black flaky things that are yeah. coming off. Um, and so usually uh, you want to swap those out when that happens. Another thing to keep an eye on with intercoms is you should wipe down uh, your your headsets and stuff, just like uh, Will was talking about wiping down mics, because it's not it it there's not a lot of things that are grosser on the video side than going to put on a headset that has somebody's ear gunk on the inside of it. Oh gross. <laughs> That's <laughs> disgusting. That's not. so nasty. It, it is, gunk. but <laughs> it's, I mean <laughs> That's We've, true. You've seen it though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and Off. headphones are the same way. Um especially if it's like in ears and those kind of things and um I know where I've been either we tell people you get your own or you know if if we do have or provide a few uh I'll go out and get a whole bunch of extra tips and we'll basically just assign a set of tips to each person. Um and then, you know, pull the tips off after they're done each week, put them in a little bin with their name on it. And then we'll still take alcohol and, and clean out the, uh, the in-ear monitor itself. Get all the earwax off of it and out of it because those things just get nasty. And some of the manufacturers make little tools. It's like a little, uh, like a little hook that you can kind of go in there with too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so along those lines, I mean, that kind of leads us into, um, wireless and RF and, and some of those things. So, um, what all do we need to be concerned about with, with wireless as far as maintenance goes? Well, so the big thing is, um, keeping an eye on what frequencies are being used in your area. It, um, the, uh, FCC, every few years likes to kind of repack some of the TV channels and a lot of wireless equipment operates in the same frequency range. And so it's important to keep an eye on changes that happen in those frequency ranges that could affect where your equipment is set. I know one time uh, Chris and I were actually getting ready to do a, a church service and 
all of our wireless stuff was just blowing up. Like we couldn't, there was dropouts, it was complete chaos. And it turned out that it was the day after there had the been repack. an FCC repack in oh. our area. And uh, we had to run around and we were swapping out mic frequencies um, like right up until the service started to uh, try and work around it. But um, it's also important if you're in um, an area where there's a lot of different buildings packed together, especially if you have some of the newer mics that operate in the 2.4 gigahertz range, people firing up um, Wi-Fi and microwaves and all of that kind of stuff can interfere with your wireless. So if, you, if you're fortunate enough to have nicer wireless that supports something like wireless workbench um, or whatever the software is for some of the other manufacturers, it's good to um, kick that on every once in a while and keep an eye on what's happening with your uh, your RF just so that you can stay on top of any problems so that it doesn't become a distraction. On the weekend. Would yeah. you say that's like a once a quarter thing? Yeah, probably. That's that's probably fair. And I, I mean, Along more frequently with if you're having with a like, problem. Go ahead. More frequently if you're having a problem, obviously. But uh, you know, if yeah. if you have a mic that starts dropping out that has worked fine for months, it's usually. I mean, sometimes you know antennas go bad and they need to be replaced. That happens all the time. But if it's not anything like that. Um, it's time to, to break out the software and take a look at what's going on on the uh, on the wireless side. Yeah. Oh, and the other piece of that is keeping an eye on what is going on with the FCC and TV repacks or uh, local, um, you know, mobile companies firing up new towers in your area. Um, it takes a little bit of work to to track down what's going on there, but um, I know there was there was one point where I've I've had a uh, there was a TV repack in the area and we knew it was coming. And so we were able to go ahead and adjust for it before the weekend. Um, I think it was happening like on a Thursday or Friday and we were, we were good to go for Sunday, but I remember watching some of the Facebook groups on Sunday and everybody was going, why isn't my wireless working? And yeah, you got to pay attention to it. You do got to pay attention. And there's, um, Especially if you're doing like big productions or Christmas productions and things like that. Uh, and like definitely uh, use those tools like Wireless Workbench. It's worth the time to uh, load all your frequencies in there, especially if you're renting gear, you're adding more frequencies and uh, and come up with backup frequencies. You know, there's and, you know, do the take the time to dig into the manuals and understand what all the. Uh, you know, because it'll tell you where the the hits are or why it's assigning these frequencies. Because it's the software is pretty smart; it will do most of the work for you. You don't have to like manually go through and calculate bandwidths and understand intermodulation distortion or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but use the software, and it will. It is a tool to help you kind of do that for yourself. And and if you do the backup frequencies, then it's like okay you know, pack three is going down or it's taking a hit or so-and-so is hearing stuff in their ears. Just, you know, you've, you've already got a plan in place. You say, Hey, stage manager, switch over to frequency two or frequency B or whatever. And, um, and you can keep rolling. I mean, that's, that's how they do it for, um, 
the in the professional realm, there's a guy for like Super Bowls and things like that. There's a guy whose his only job is to worry about wireless stuff. And most of the time we can't facilitate that, but you can do the planning ahead of time and kind of help uh, keep you out of rut in the in the moment. Yeah, planning planning goes a really long way. Um, Absolutely. Cool. Hey, let's let's hit. Um, what about like software and firmware? So computers, consoles, all those kind of things. Um, when should you update? What should you update? All those kind of things. So this is a little bit controversial because um, <laughs> there's a lot of guys that always want to be on the latest and greatest, and I totally get that, especially when it comes to uh, switcher firmware and you know manufacturers releasing new features uh, like you know 4K or uh, additional macro capabilities and stuff like that. Like I, I get it, I'm all for it, but one of the things that's really important to take a look at before you do an upgrade is uh, what are the release notes from the manufacturer for that firmware release. My kind of metric is, is there anything being, are there new features in this release that you need? If there's not any features that you need, are there any issues that are fixed that um, you need resolved? And if there's not any issues that are being fixed that, that affect you or your need resolved, are you, is the system generally working the way you want it? Or do you, you know, are, are you having problems with it? And if there's nothing new that you need, there's nothing fixed that you need and the system's working great, you probably don't need to do the update. Updating just for the sake of updating doesn't accomplish anything. Now, there's a bit of a, of a gray area when it comes to computer systems and security updates and making sure that your system is secure and you're not you're susceptible to downloading malware and stuff. But hopefully with maybe the exception of systems that really need to be able to download stuff from the internet, like your pro presenter machine probably needs to be able to talk to song selects. You probably want to keep uh, that guy updated as much as you can. Um, if you have a machine that's not on the internet and it's working great, unless there's something that, that you need, just leave it alone. Every time you introduce a software update, it, uh, it introduces a certain amount of risk. Um, and you don't want to have to be calling, uh, your software manufacturer, switcher manufacturer, whatever, uh, the day before you have a service saying, Hey, my stuff's broken. And uh, you know, I like, I got to get it fixed now. Well, and especially like, um, new, uh, operating systems. Um, you know, Apple especially releases, you know, new OSs or OS updates pretty regularly. Um, and you kind of want to be careful, uh, with that because, if the companies who produce the software that you're running on that machine are not haven't updated their code for that OS update, um, you could take out your whole system by updating the, the computer's operating system. Um, recently, you know, Apple released Big Sur and and went to OS 11, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of companies that are like, nope, we're not ready yet. And especially if you look at you know which processor are you running, you know. Um, an update could could take out your 
per presenter machine or or your streaming software or, or whatever you happen to be running um, if if the manufacturer of the software is not ready yet um, so when when is a good time to do updates like is it after rehearsal on Sunday morning you know when when is a good time to do those things Sunday afternoon uh, yeah not Sunday or, morning or, or Monday <laughs> yeah I I know you want to you want to plan this stuff out I think I would always plan it out so that you want to do it as far away from whenever your next rehearsal or um, event or something is you don't I know I know people that uh, that will update between rehearsal and you know church on on Saturday or Sunday and I'm not really a fan of that because you don't want to have to go explain to your pastor why it is that it worked great in rehearsal, but now everything's broken. Yeah. That scares me. Like, like once rehearsal's done, uh, you don't touch it. Nobody touches anything until showtime. And it's cause you know, we're running the show, not because we're going to update or anything like that. Like that's a good way to, to, to cause trouble. Yeah. So and I would say, you know, always do your updates <clears throat> either right after church on Sunday or, you know, most of us want to get out of there. So first thing Monday morning, Monday. but I, I remember distinctly, um, one of the manufacturer trainings I went to, they, they told us always leave a FedEx day. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that would be if you update console firmware and it breaks it, you know, you want to make sure you have time to get a replacement in while yours is being fixed. Um, and that's yeah. usually an option with most manufacturers where you don't have to have, you know, a second console on hand or go buy one all of a sudden. Usually they've got loaners or rentals you can get while yours is getting repaired. And that's a good like that's a good philosophy to keep for any projects that you're doing, any major projects. Um I remember a couple of years back we decided to move like swap our lighting console and our audio console and move things around and kind of change the ergonomics in our booth and um uh, one of the devices didn't power back up. Well, it, it powered back up, but it didn't finish loading. Like there was something that had fried itself inside the processor. Uh, and that was like, that was a showstopper. Like if we hadn't caught that midweek, we would have been like, we would have been in a really bad place. So if you're doing any kind of projects that require you to reconfigure, um, do it early in the week so that you have time to respond to it. It's nothing worse than having your, your PA driver take a dump <laughs> right before the weekend, man. It's, it's not worth it. Just do it or do it early. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, uh, last, well, the, well, and we were talking about software. A lot of those software manufacturers will put out reports. They'll send out communications. They'll send out emails, um, or they'll do uh, like compatibility grids or kind of compatibility reports to tell you, hey, you can use this on this type of machine or this is going to work on that. Or, um, you know, they'll tell you when, hey, everything works on Big Sur. So just pay attention to your manufacturers. Subscribe. I know it's irritating to to get all those emails and most uh, manufacturers let you choose like, hey, I want I want the important stuff. I don't want all the sales stuff. I don't need to know about your new products. Oh, maybe maybe the new products are helpful for you to know. Uh, but 
it is worth it being plugged into your manufacturers for the products you have and subscribing to the information that they're putting out there because then they'll tell you, hey, this is what's going on. Like, that's the when the FCC did the repack, um, we were our microphone manufacturer sent out emails saying, hey, this is what you can expect. This is the timeline. Here are some resources. And that's how that's how we found out about all the frequencies changing and we're able to stay on top of it. I think uh, Renewed Vision does the same thing with the ProPresenter software. You know, every time they're new releases coming out or they have, you know, an update and they're ready for the new software. They, they send out an email and let you know. Yeah. Um, cool. Last couple things would be, um, backups. Um, you, you just have to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. I know it's time consuming and whatnot, but, um, backing up show files to, uh, minimally flash drives, but, it's usually good to put those in a cloud-based location, you know, again, in case your console takes a dump and you have to get a new one FedExed in, it's, it's a lot easier if you can just take your console file and plug it into the new console and you're up and running versus having to, you know, not only get in a new, a new console and get it all connected, but then rebuild your show file before rehearsal when, you know, it's probably the day before the day of. Yeah. It's, I remember, so I was, I was quarantined a couple months back and it was so frustrating because I didn't have my console file on the cloud. I had it on flash drive. I didn't have it on, on the cloud and I, there, I couldn't work on it. Like, you know, there's, you can't work on things if you don't have access to them. So put all your stuff in the cloud, back up your, your drives, your computers, everything you can put it on the cloud so you can get to it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then along those lines is just keeping your your work area organized. Um, there's nothing more frustrating than when you need a tool right this second <laughs> to fix something that's broken in the middle of a service and you can't find it. Um, you want to you want to make sure you keep um, your like items together. Keep your your tools in areas that you're going to need them. Um, whether it be, you know, lighting gel being kept close to uh, either your lift or where, where you're going to go out to, to do stuff with your lights or keeping, you know, audio cables and microphones close by uh, to your stage so that you can run stuff out quickly. You just want to make sure that those things are kept clean, picked up, organized, labeled, all that fun stuff. Because um, I know for me, there's been many times where uh, I'm giving directions to somebody else to go look at or fix whatever it is. And it's way easier to say, Hey, you need to go grab a new direct box. Here's where they are. And when they go back there, it's on a shelf that's labeled and it's really easy to find, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, just makes everybody's life easier and, and less stressful. Any other thoughts on maintenance guys? That's it for me. I, yeah. you know, do it. Cool. Yeah. Well, look, we hope this has helped you out today. I uh, hope, hope it's inspired you to um, do some maintenance on your systems and, and stay organized. Um, we're always open to feedback. So if you've got anything for us, uh, just leave us a rating or review. Uh, send us a question on the website. Um, you can also find more there, uh, the show notes and the blog. Um, remember, if this has impacted you in a positive way, go ahead and share um, and that will do it for today. Thanks, guys. Bye.